Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Jonathan Andre, and he is co-founder of Dr. John's Remedies. We're going to talk about the business. We're going to talk a little bit about some of his products, including Detox and his kind of take on where the industry is going, where cannabis is going, where CBD is going. With that, Jonathan, welcome to the program. Well, hello, and thank you for having me. Yeah. So why don't we talk a little bit about background? So what is your background, and how did you get into the cannabis CBD space? My background is I was the son of a general practice lawyer, went to law school and then became an attorney. I went back and got my master's degree in environmental law and dealt with a lot of risk assessments and chemicals and applications. And then from there, I kind of got into complex litigation more so because of the amount of people in the actual dispute. Uh, It was the advent of MDLs and class actions. And I was one of Louisiana tobacco lawyers and did really major litigation like that. Wow. My doctor, uh, Dr. Bond, who's my partner now, mm-hmm. uh, 
In May of around 2016, he asked me about the medical marijuana space, and I never really even thought about it until then. And he said, you know, why don't we explore that? Because he did a bunch of stuff with with people with concussions. He treated a bunch of... And so I went to a marijuana business convention in May of 2016, and it's really the first time I ever heard about CBD. And I was staying with an interventional cardiologist and his wife. I went home to dinner that evening and explained to them about CBD. And his wife said, well, I I don't want to smoke, but do they make that in a capsule? Can you get the benefit to capsule? And then we began trying to put it in capsules and, and sell it online. And we've been selling it online since then. Yeah. And so so your first product was a, a capsule formulation of uh, a CBD product. Correct. And, was, wh- and what were you deriving from? This is from... Uh, it was all derived CBD. Okay. Uh, and and it, come, it came out of Colorado. And it's basically, we were just selling hemp oil or, or CBD enriched hemp oil. Uh, it was it. a full spectrum oil. Yeah. Then how did the kind of business grow from there? What were the next stages for the business for you? Well, it was interesting because it's kind of morphed into applications for uh, specific products or products that fit universal applications. CBD talks, for example, uh, was the product of my older daughters who would get hung over and they'd, <laughs> yeah. they'd take the CBD 10 milligrams because it would help them with their nausea. And I began trying to design and create a hangover remedy that was CBD-based, uh-huh. but had a bunch of other substances in it that addressed uh, detox and, and a variety of other hangover symptoms. Got it. Yeah. Now, how did, I'm curious how you tested it and how you developed it, how you brought it to market. Well, we developed it. I generally don't sleep very much. So at night when I had anything else to do, uh, I began researching the symptoms of a hangover mm-hmm. and then found organic or natural substances uh, that would treat those particular symptoms. And I put it all together and got together with a formulator in Utah, mm-hmm. and we formulated a hangover rim. And I got it in a couple of different versions. There were three iterations of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had my daughters go out with their friends and get really drunk with champagne, <laughs> vodka, and beer, which I think they, they got excited about. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, parents are trying to like prevent their kids from right. drinking a lot. In this case, it was part of product research. Well, I was trying to help them with yeah. the hangover remedy. Yeah. And I gave them, you know, A, B, or C, and it was in kind of a plain bottle, so they didn't know what they were taking. Yeah. Uh, and then some of them, I said, well, you take C, but take, you know, augment it with 10 milligrams of Dr. John's. And then that way I could get an idea as to how CBD affected the actual uh performance. And I found out it needed a little bit more CBD. So we picked version C, added uh, double the CBD, added some B12 and magnesium. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how it came about. Got it. Got it. And so you've now been marketing this product. How are you primarily? Is this online sales? Or are you putting this into stores? What's it, your... I, our general distribution has been online sales, mm-hmm. but we're starting to get picked up by uh, distributors. And we'll probably move into the brick and mortar space, uh, C stores and liquor stores, wine stores, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And what have been the bigger challenges for the business at this point? So this was in 2016. You had your first exposure to a business conference. We're now mm-hmm. three, three and a half years later. What's the uh, what have been the the bigger hurdles, and how have you overcome them? Well, the bigger hurdles in, in primarily education just kind of caught up to us. But when we started, everybody said you're you know selling marijuana, mm. and I kept saying no, we're not, no, we're not, no, we're not. And uh, for example. 
when I spoke with Tommy about it originally, he said, I said, does it work? Because I don't want to sell anything that doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not into selling a snake oil elixir. Yeah. Uh, he said, no, it works. So I decided, being the lawyer that I am, that I would see how it worked. In, and I met um, Lois Adams and her husband, Carl. Lois had Lyme disease. Uh, she had really bad tremors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave it to Carl. He gave it to Lois. And she hasn't had a tremor since then. So, uh, but at the time... Carl felt like I was uh, giving him marijuana, so he was all worried that he was going to be busted by the feds. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of seen the movement away from it being uh, marijuana, and now it's kind of coming to its own. And the educational curve is caught up with it. We were telling people and kind of extolling the virtues of it and uh, the benefits of it. And you know, everybody kept saying it was just marijuana. And CBD, I think, was dwarfed by... Uh, it's cousin THC, and you know everybody has that belief that marijuana equals getting stoned, mm-hmm. cannabis equals getting stoned, and and we're starting to see that that's not really the case. Yeah, and where do you see that industry going? I mean, do you think that the CBD market is a vibrant, rich, lots of potential? Oh, What's your? There's no doubt it's huge, and and I think we're moving away, and with Tommy and I now with Dr. John's Remedies, we're now looking at products that fit universal applications, whether it's PTSD or opioid addiction, and we're formulating different kind of solutions that are CBD-based, but are products that fit that application. In cannabis, I see where CBD mostly coming out of the closet now and kind of coming into its own as its own substance in that without the cannabis stigma, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess in terms of legislation and stuff, I mean, I know the farm bill passed and uh, I guess what else is kind of hindering the CBD, the, the growth of the CBD market. I mean, on, on the THC side, we've got, we still have all sorts of federal legality issues and state by state issues and all this kind of stuff. If you're dealing with, you know, more than 0.3% THC on any product, like you're going to run into all those issues. Uh, on CBD side, though, theoretically, it's now, I mean, is are, are we talking no limitations, no federal restrictions, things like that. Where are we in terms of the CBD market? I think at the federal level, we're way more open than we were before. Okay. However, the FDA is still kind of out there, okay. and it kind of should be. I mean, a lot of the times in the world we live in, in the United States, people buy products and they have kind of a reliance that it wouldn't be there, you know, but for the FDA and the FDA is kind of the police force. So I think some regulation will kind of come from this and probably necessary because people are just every, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry now is selling CBD and you really don't know what's in it or where they're getting their oil or there's no way to ensure potency or any of that because nobody's really testing it. There's no real regulation. The problems everybody's is that you have a patchwork of different state laws in how they treat CBD across the nation. So I, I see it moving more towards a universal solution through the FDA and, and probably the state counterparts. They kind of see it for what it is. Yeah. And that it's not marijuana, it's not cannabis, it is CBD and it, you know, it does what it does. Yeah. What what are some of the I mean, have you run into state by state issues as you've been doing business? Well, in Louisiana, for example, our legislature now is undergoing or they're considering a CBD hemp bill that heretofore we never had. And so there, you know, potentially there was a problem in Louisiana. 
Although I, being the lawyer, I think it's a little bit more involved in just the application of Louisiana controlled substance. But we're starting to kind of see more. Yes. I mean, there, there would be in a state by state application if we were just doing business in Louisiana or Alabama, for example. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious in your background as a lawyer, does that help you in these cases? Does it hurt you? <laughs> does, how, how, how much have you been applying that? Well, it helps me just because my understanding of the way the regulatory systems work yeah. and how CBD fits into those, yeah. given the current regulatory structure, for example, that the FDA has. Yeah. And then when you have an agency interpretation, like, for example, the DEA interpretation, I think it was in December of 16, where they tried to come out and say, you know, hemp-based cannabidiol is a controlled substance. And everybody kind of got upset about that. A lot of internet providers, for example, we were dropped by the company that we had because mm. we said it's, it's a controlled substance. But I was comfortable in the fact that the DEA cannot name something as a controlled substance. That only Congress can do that. The agency's job is to interpret. So their interpretation, while given some deference, you know, doesn't create the situation where it becomes a federally controlled substance, for example. Oh, interesting. So because you know how the agency works, how Congress works, how this process of naming particular things that uh, you were not business, you were not worried directly with your business, but obviously it impacts the industry, right? You lost, you lost the ability to, to work with these distributors and stuff. And for example, like Google, Google won't allow oh, yeah. Talk to me anybody about that. to do an AdWords account for a site where they're selling CBD. Notwithstanding the fact the Google user agreement says that all law, the applicable choice of law is uh, their home county in California, <laughs> California. <laughs> where CBD is totally legal for everything. And so you have issues like similar to that. Facebook's yeah. kind of the same thing. So right now on Google and Facebook, you cannot you cannot use paid advertising for anything that has CBD is that CBD related. Correct. But you Correct. can you can have a I mean you can have a web you can have uh, a listing and you can have a Facebook page and everything for the products right but right but you can't really advertise you can't advertise it directly right. I mean there, there are people getting around it indirectly hmm. you know for example posting an informational piece and you know dropping their name and boosting that but if Facebook finds or, or discovers you they shut you down immediately and they put you on a blacklist yeah so that's which I think is so you, you know your your ability to reach. Out and to get. I mean, the difference, for example, between a Google AdWords account, you get five thousand visitors a day to your site, yeah. and without the AdWords, you get ten. It's it's like an order of magnitude yeah. difference, and that's a huge problem that's still out there. Uh, that hopefully will get corrected the more the the mainstream accepts CBD as itself, and CBD comes out of the closet from gets out of the shadows, of, yeah, out of the shadows of THC. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your strategies, you know, as a, as a company that it's essentially marketing a product, a CBD based product, how do you, how do you get new customers? What's your, well, now we're doing it online. Uh -huh. And for example, we're uh, one of the products that are featured in the CBD issue of Marijuana Venture Magazine this month and through press coverage and more traditional means. Got it. And, you know, Instagram is a big influence in today's day and age from an advertising perspective to the extent you can get influencers to show your product or post their product. Got it. And you can pick an influencer that particularly targeted for whatever application your product has. Yeah. And, and how that's been successful? You've been able to find influencers that are willing to do product placements, product mentions, and, and drive traffic? Yes. The hardest part about that from a business perspective is determining an ROI. Yeah. There's no real way to know how to yeah. do that. 
Well, and we're using codes, for example, so that if you went to a particular influencer and uh, saw their post and you issued the code that she had as a post underneath the picture, we're tracking it that way. But it's still very difficult to determine yeah. how much your investment returns are when they charge fifteen and $20,000 a post. Yeah. yeah. So you're driving people to your e-commerce site? And people are doing direct purchase. Correct. Um, you're running into issues with transactions and credit card processing and things like that. How have you navigated uh, no, the banking? No, we've been fortunate, uh, knock on wood, and yeah. we've had our the credit cards being processed. Yeah. And I think that you know people should be kind of leery when they're opening up their CBD business now because I was confronted, for example, with, with a guy who wanted to do a couple months ago, six or eight months ago, a year ago, he wanted to do the payments through an offshore bank. Uh, yeah. And I explained to him that that's really money laundering and it's a little bit against the law. So, <laughs> so I, you know, Says I the lawyer. Yeah. You know, after explaining it to him, he kept saying, I don't see it. I said, well, if you don't see it, that's great for you. But, oh, by the way, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do business with you. Yeah. And one of the things that I would advise everybody to do, because yeah. each locality or jurisdiction is different, is that they do what we did. We hired a lawyer who was a former U.S. attorney in Louisiana, uh-huh. and we got an opinion letter from him after discussing it that what we were doing was kosher, so to speak, mm-hmm. and that that way, if there was any question, we went to see him and got his advice for how we were affected. And I think it, it's very important that everybody have that. Because it's invaluable. And what does that allow you to do? So this is a letter from a former U.S. attorney, but you've hired privately to basically review your business. That's correct. He worked for a firm, and now he's actually appointed to be the head of the United States Marshal Service. So he's no longer our attorney. Uh, But when he was, he was with the firm, and we hired the firm, and he was the point lawyer on the firm, and we told him everything we were doing. And we said, is that criminal? Does that violate any criminal laws? And if so... Which laws are they, and is there any fix for it? And we came about, interestingly, the Farm Bill analysis based on the language of the old Farm Bill, as Uh opposed to the one that just came out in 2018. Yeah, so I guess navigating kind of the legality is is difficult enough. So even for you as a lawyer, (laughs) it was hiring another lawyer to actually do this for you was, was important. There's no doubt. It's an integral piece of the equation, and it's very important because every place is different. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No. It's different. So it, the only way to figure that out is to give the advice of a competent professional yeah. and act accordingly. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think now. I think all of the criminal enforcement, in one way or another, federally or any respective state, I, I think is pretty much you know out of the question. And you're not really going to see the U.S. Marshals or you know DEA or somebody coming over and, and flashing their badges. I, and that's kind of gone away. But nonetheless, you know, you still have sales tax to pay and you have all these other issues yeah. uh, that having a lawyer will help you through yeah. so that you do them correctly. Yeah. And let's talk about the kind of the, the product side. So you mentioned you found a formulator out of, I think you mentioned it was Utah. What, how did you go about finding somebody? What was the process? Yeah, Tell me that, about the relationship. That was, that was very difficult at first. Uh, yeah. I did what every person does nowadays. And I looked on Google and the majority of the people that I contacted contacted were, this was probably about, I don't know, 2017 timeframe. And the majority of the people that I talked to were against doing anything with CBD. And so it was very hard to find someone first that would actually formulate it for you. And the guy who worked at 
uh, was my contact at the formulator. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and I kind of got together and discussed formula and how it would all go together. So he was very helpful in that regard. And then we kind of started formulating. Now you've got everybody kind of in the business and wanting to do it, but it's still not as easy as it sounds. Yeah. And how did you... Um... I mean, I guess in terms of, it sounds like you created kind of the base sort of concoction, the, the things that were going to go into it. How does working with a formulator kind of take place in terms of you bring to them kind of a, a an idea or a, the things you want to kind of have in the product and they help you figure out how to actually, you know, make that work from a, a chemical and a encapsulation process? I mean, what yeah, tell me about that. Yeah. I went to them, I kind of put together the whole formula and then talked about it with Tommy, made sure that it was all that I wasn't getting anything toxic or, yeah. or toxic potentially, although and I think you could eat our whole box and there's really <laughs> a lot of orange juice. Yeah. It was designed that way. But in going to the form, we went to him with like 99% of here's what it is. Yeah. But it's just simple thoughts that you wouldn't have until you talk to a formulator. And that yeah. is what size capsule do you use? Yeah. How much stuff can you put in that yeah. capsule? And then given that volume, how much of each of your ingredients do you put in to give yourself maximum effect? And then is it something that you could put into a solution that you could make a water, you know, something that should be a powder And the formulator helped with a lot of those decisions because for example, we're now in capsules, uh, we'll probably be moving towards liquid shots. Now that we're kind of getting, there was an issue with keeping the CBD and other stuff in suspension while it was out and, you know, with the preservatives and stuff. And they've kind of figured out that now so that it's much easier and cheaper to do that. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, so talk to me about branding and, and package design and those things. So how did, what was that process like? So you, you come up with this formulation, but how did you go through the process of kind of naming and branding and, you know, deciding how you were going to actually present this product? Well, we did, I had a lady in Baltimore and she was very good at branding and I hired her and had uh, involvement with her and she helped us with the name mm-hmm. and she also did very well with the color scheme and we had a guy you know a graphic artist and we it was a process by which we came up with the design the colors etc and it's really all scientifically based we didn't just pick red or blue out of the sky it yeah. was more of, you know, this is the color we're going to go through because, or go with because it's comforting and, you know, it fits more uh, both sexes and it fits all age groups. And that type of analysis was performed. Uh, we went through about four or five iterations of the label itself or the logo itself and then moved towards what language do we put on the box and then how does all that look? Yeah. So it took. A while. I mean, you know, we, we were in almost intense development from probably September of oh, September of eighteen through January of this year or more, and it was almost a day to day deal. Yeah, yeah. Any any learnings or advice that you have for other folks that are looking to create products and create packaging and things like that? And anything that would would help in terms of avoid pitfalls or accelerate the process? Well, the, the, again, it's, it's we had a branding individual who I highly rec- I highly recommend her simply because when you're doing it, you can't just slap you know a picture of a Florida Lee on the label, for example, or some other symbol because you've got copyright issues. You've got Uh, potential trademark issues, all of that has to be researched. And it's a much more involved process. Yeah. 
and that it's important now, especially with the advent of Facebook and uh, I think SurveyMonkey and sites like that, you can basically test what colors you have and get an idea from essentially an internet focus group to pick out the appropriate labeling and the appropriate color, et cetera, for your product. Yeah, that makes sense. How about your team? I like how I guess organizationally, um, what's been the process in terms of building out the company or or bringing people in, relationships that you've had to develop. How does how does growing a CBD company in this day and age actually take place, or how has it unfolded for you? It takes place pretty much like most with the movement of CBD out of the closet into its own space. It takes pretty much the same that it takes somebody who would be doing a normal business uh, that you have to hire. You know, we had to get a printer online. We had to figure out how we were going to make the products, where we were going to source the materials. And then once we were selling, we have to have, you know, somebody who is the distributor liaison. And so Tommy and I, uh, I've kind of functioned as the CEO. He's kind of functioned as the chief medical guy, but more so than particular titles, we just kind of did everything. And as positions evolve, for example, the distributor liaison, we're just filling those positions. Ultimately, it should become, and I think will become, a very successful business that's fully staffed with, you know, call centers and all the other positions that would be associated with a normal business from a building the business and scaling it perspective. Yeah, yeah. And uh, new products, anything you have uh, kind of developed? We have that we're formulating. Yeah, great. You know, I, mean, yeah. I still think there's a tremendous amount of application that's universal. For example, the NFL players and players who had repetitive head trauma, uh, I think that they should be taking some sort of preventative or prophylactic. And so we're looking at developing a prophylactic that helps with traumatic brain injuries and helps yeah. with degenerative issues. You know, PTSD, for example, uh, something that helps with depression. Uh, but there's also kind of quasi-medical stuff. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't, anything we do naturally doesn't cure, treat, or prevent a disease. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as, you know, opioid addiction withdrawal and those types of things, that's more of a pseudo-medical application, if you yeah. will. Yeah. And uh, if I if I give you a magic wand and you could change any kind of law or regulation or anything regarding kind of the whole kind of industry situation we're in, what what are the changes that you'd really want to focus on? Where where do you think we need kind of reform or updating or restructuring of of that side of this industry? Well, it, it first has to have the appropriate regulatory scheme and figure out who exactly has oversight. Is it the DEA? Is it the FDA? Is it agriculture? And then once you figure out that, that you get a scheme by which uh, everybody understands and everybody can play on the same playing field and that you're not, even the small guy can still compete, for example, with a Google AdWords account or something uh, akin to that or Facebook advertising. I would just speed up this process of acceptance of CBD in and of it. I mean, when I first heard CBD, I, I remember going home and talking with Tom and Karen at dinner and saying, this will be bigger than marijuana, THC, everyone, because yeah, yeah. it's got so much more of a universal application. So I would just speed that up from a educational perspective, advertising perspective, legal perspective, regulatory perspective, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. 
Makes sense. Any other thoughts or advice that you give to uh, other CBD or cannabis entrepreneurs that are out there looking at new product services, that things either about the industry, about starting a business in the industry, anything that you've learned that you think that would be helpful for them? Well, I've learned pretty much. And it's the old adage of marijuana doesn't sell itself. No product does. Yeah. It's a business. They have to be prepared for failures, but it should be handled just like you would handle the product development of any company. Yeah. I mean, if you develop any a vitamin or supplement or other product, just handle it accordingly because CBD really is kind of coming into its own. So it's a little bit easier, but it's still fraught with pitfalls. So they would generally, the advice of professionals early on is much better than trying to figure it out after Humpty's fallen off the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's good business practices, you know, good business strategy, you know, really thinking through how you're going to be successful. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think this, you know, the industry is so hyped and so kind of under so much kind of growth pressure that I think a lot of people kind of almost run too fast and they'll, they'll skip a lot of steps and it may get them ahead in the short term. But, you know, oftentimes it ends up, you know, taking them longer to, to grow and scale you know, after the fact, because they have to kind of go back and rebuild a lot of things. So that, I mean, you know, we're all governed as an industry and we're all looked at as an industry. So as you grow, I think you get products on the periphery that are just there to kind of, you know, their bath bombs made in China that have no CBD or they've got some other, uh, (laughs) everybody, everybody becomes held to that event. Yeah. If somebody has a bad product and it hurts somebody, then easily all CBD gets included in that. So yeah. it's important to be mindful that you're part of a growing industry and to kind of govern yourself accordingly yeah. and under the highest ethical standards that you can. Yeah. No, this has been great, Jonathan. Thank you for taking the time. If people want to find out more information about you, about CBD Talks, about some of the, you know, the other products, where's the best place to get that information? The best place to get that information is either at drjohnsremedies.com or at getcbdtalks.com. Great. Uh, Get CBD Talks is the website, obviously, for the hangover remedy, mm-hmm. which works like a charm. And so I always say, now you can play hard. Uh, you can work hard, play hard, <laughs> and work hard the next day. Work work. hard the next day. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Good. I will make sure that those links are in the show notes so people can click through and get those. Jonathan, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I hope I provided some insight to people who are now starting their businesses or have a business going on now. Yes, no, I'm sure. I think there's a lot of great takeaways. I think we've got some really good information and and ideas for those folks that are are in in the cannabis space, looking to get in the cannabis space, CBD space, and looking for some guidance and next steps. So I I really appreciate it. Addresses on the website, you know. I mean, I'm always amenable if somebody sent me an email and said, you know, I heard about you on the podcast. I'm doing such and such to helping as many as I can through the process to avoid the mistakes that we made. Yeah. No, well, I appreciate that. I think I'll encourage our listeners to take advantage of that. And, and I, I will say that I think that's one of the great things of this industry. I think having worked in lots of different industries, one of the fun things about uh, the cannabis space is that people are, I think, genuinely helpful and you know, looking to not only build successful businesses, but be good stewards of the industry and help other companies and making sure that we're growing it in a you know safe respectable way in terms of you know making sure that we, we bring cannabis products to uh, the broader world in a healthy, safe, friendly, positive way. So I think that's, that's really great. I appreciate your willingness. Okay, very good. I appreciate you having me. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. 
And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.